0: You can be seated for a moment. It's going to be a little different today, and that's good. That shakes us out of our comfort levels and comfort zones and helps us to embrace something new. This is called Spiritual Health Weekend. That means when we get to the end of the day today, we will be on a new road of walking closer with the Lord, doing better, have some new tools to help us, and um, that's going to happen. The, The Lord showed me that today, there are going to be a lot of people leave here with a new burden birthed in their spirit for the lost. There's going to be some quick growth happen. Some people are going to grow very quickly. When we all gather together in a setting like this, we are all at different levels. You would not expect a 15-year-old to act like a 5-year-old. You don't think a 5-year-old should think like a 30-year-old. Spiritually, there are babies here that are just getting started on their journey with the Lord. There's some who have been walking with the Lord for 50, 60 years, and then everything in between. So if anything feels overwhelming to you today, then you remember what I just told you. And you say, I'm overwhelmed because I wasn't ready for this yet, but this is good information and I'm going to get ready for it. I'm going to need this. Amen? So I want to open up with 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm reading verses 12 and 13. The Lord charted this session for me this morning. He gave me exactly what He wants you to start out with today. Let's stand for the reading of the Word Pastor Meyer, thank you for inviting us for this weekend. I'm excited because I plan to not only give but to receive. Most weekends when we're ministering, we're giving. We don't get to sit back and listen to anyone else. But today I'm going to learn and I'm going to grow. And so I'm excited to be with you. We are your family. We love this Meyer family, every one of them. My brother and sister, who have adopted me, someone thought that was literal. He said that I was his sister and they came and and talked to me about that. I said, well, you know, it's not not literal. But I guess we kind of look alike. (laughs) Got the round face. (laughs) I sure love these folks and I love all of you. We're family. Now, if you are like me and you have a little touch of uh, attention deficit disorder, please be careful about your nice syllabus they gave you your binder because you'll be decorating and drawing and coloring and doodling, and the next thing you know, you're checked out. I'm helping somebody right now. Those of you that don't understand that, that's good. But I'm just telling you, be careful not be looking down all the time and not not absorbing. What's gonna happen is you're gonna absorb by being here because the the air right now is saturated with the anointing. And what happens is the anointing transfers these words from here into here. And they live on. That's how we change. As long as the anointing's here, it does the work. So just stay in that realm. Stay with each speaker today as they speak. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And actually it's verse 9. Sorry, verse 9 and 10. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. I've heard people say, when I'm weak, he is strong. Well, that's true, but that's not what that says. What's that mean? When I'm weak, I'm actually strong. Because then I'm able to plug in and let him take over. So I brought that scripture to your attention today. Because I am laying the foundation for the rest of the day right now. His grace is sufficient for your weaknesses. I am not just talking about your troubles, your sicknesses, your financial distresses, your brokenness, the things you go through. I'm not just talking about those things. I'm talking about weakness. Does anybody feel overwhelmed with sometimes walking with the Lord and having a great relationship and reading the word and fasting and and, and reading or, or praying and doing all the things that you need to do? To feel like you measure up? Anybody ever just feel like, I just don't know if I can do all that? Let's be human today. Thank you for raising your hand. We got one human in the building. Anybody, you just feel, you know, pastors, we're gonna fast for 10 days on oh, my word. I'll never make it. I can't, I, you know, there's just, I remember Brother Sisko telling a story about, on, about the ninth day of a fast, getting a hot dog out in the middle of the night and smelling it true story you know this is real this flesh is weak it does not want to line up we are here to fight this flesh that's why we're having this weekend because we're going to grow this is going to be a better year spiritually than we have ever had we're starting right now two weeks into 2024 and it's going to be a great year and what a kickoff but I want you to remember this as you go through this day today and some things seem overwhelming or daunting and you don't feel like you can do it and you wonder if you're ever going to measure up you remember when you're weak you're really strong his grace is sufficient in your weakness he's not mad at you he loves you and as long as you have a hunger for more you will get more and you will grow you may be seated. Thank you, Brother Meyer, for involving and, in, and letting us enjoy this with you today. I want to be a blessing to you. Listen, we've dedicated a month to walking closer with Jesus. What a great goal. But you have to start somewhere. If we went around the room, I do not believe anyone would raise their hand and say, "Well, I really don't need this today. I really fast quite enough and i I pray hours every day and and you know, I've learned how to travail, intercede, and do warfare prayer, and I am winning souls by the dozens and um, you know I, I've just really I should be up there teaching because I've just got it all down, Pat. I, didn't, I wish he'd gone with something deeper today because I just don't really need all this. Now, we'd like for each other to think that about each other, but it's just not so. So let's just take the lid off that and realize today that we are all in need today of this. And the only thing that will keep you from receiving is if you don't have any hunger and you don't want to do better. Now, I'm not going to go around the room and ask that question because I can't help you if you don't want it. You can't make someone eat. So this is all about this first session, you stirring up a hunger and deciding. It's a, it's a mind thing, a decision. I am going to do better. I don't want the status quo anymore. I'm not going to hide behind, you know, everything looks good. I have to do better for Jesus this year. Amen. You have to start somewhere. There's a beginning. Amen. I started walking with the Lord, as we would call walking with the Lord, at nine years old. I came to the altar. I repented of my sins they baptized me in the waters in Jesus name the only way anyone was ever baptized in the bible they took me down under the water in Jesus name i received the gift of the holy ghost brother billy cole was preaching and i've told you the story and i was on the sitting on the end of the front row and i received the baptism of the holy ghost and when i did i did it just like they did in the book of acts i spoke with other tongues the Lord gave me a language, syllables, words that I had never said before. And I said them out loud, nine years old, sitting on that front row. Brother Billy Cole laid his hand on my head and prayed a prayer over me. I didn't know till many years later what that meant. But he told me years later that he passed part of a mantle to me, which meant that the love he had for souls and the calling to ministry was also going to be a part of my life if I chose to accept it. See, everything is all about your choice, what you're going to do with it. Are you willing? I had a great prayer life as a child. But you see, it was so simple to a child. They told me that I could talk in tongues at home, so I did. My mom, when I got in trouble, sent me to my room, and she said, Don't play with anything. Don't, don't you know, get out anything to do. You get down by your bed and you pray. And I'd say, yes, ma'am. And she'd say, and don't just pray, but pray through. So I knew what that meant. She meant talk in tongues. Pray till you break through. This is good advice for anybody. Pray through. I I hate it when we pray with people and they get the Holy Ghost and then five years later they come and they're praying, but they need to be prayed through again five years later because they haven't talked in tongues in five years. Pray through uh how did I know what that meant well because a few times I didn't really think I was guilty I didn't want to be guilty and so I would go in my room and I'd stay a few minutes and I would come back out and I'd stand in front of my mom and say I'd say okay uh, I did it and she'd say no you didn't you didn't talk in tongues I can tell by looking in your eyes go back to your room and pray through you say well that's terrible no it really really helped it really worked because I would be so mad that I couldn't play toys and I had to go to my room for something I'd done and I, in my, my heart of hearts I really knew I was wrong and, and so I would finally just kneel down by my bed kind of mad and obstinate and I'd say, I'm so mad at my mom and everything is so unfair. Nobody loves me around here. Nobody else. Jesus, I love you. <laughs> kind of went something like that. And the next thing I knew... Because I called his name, I learned he would show up. He would sweep in that little bedroom and a little chubby, freckle-faced girl would be just talking in tongues. Down by the bed, my little hands shaking. And when I went out, my eyes were tear-stained. You want to build a relationship with the Lord? you got to be childlike. And we don't want to be childlike. We want to be adults and we want to do things our way and we want to plan our life. And we, we don't want to be childlike. But he said, except you become, as a child, you won't enter in. These are the kind of things he's talking about. A child believes what you tell them. I just believe whatever they told me about Jesus, I believed it. I had such great faith. I believed God could do anything. That's the faith of a child. But something happened. It's called life. I grew up i got married and i had little children and i had a job and there were financial problems and there was sickness and there were troubles and things break down and you don't have money to fix them and then there's a load of debt that comes on and then there's worry and then fear comes life happens anybody ever have any life happen And so all those years of being a little kid and just having access to the throne room, I mean, I would just call his name and he was there. And and I could feel his touch on my life and it was so glorious until life happened. And all of that childlike thing goes away. And I find myself somewhere in my early 30s and I'm teaching kindergarten. I have 29 five-year-olds touching me all day long. Hey, teacher, hey, teacher, hey, teacher. That's the first thing you have to teach them is not to touch you. Don't touch me. <laughs> Don't get out of your seat and run to my desk. <laughs> And, and I don't even know how I get there, but my kids are in, in a good Christian school, and so I'm teaching kindergarten, and, and life is happening. And I know I have a call on my life, and I know God wants more out of me. But, you know, I, I just can't give more at that point. I'm just, I'm in a season that I, I have nothing to give. But there's something on the inside of us, if you're honest with yourself, that will keep nagging at you. And saying, there's more. We are born, every one of us, for a purpose. And every one of us are to be winning souls. That's not just the job of the church and the preachers and the evangelists and the missionaries to win souls. We are all supposed to be winning souls. Why don't we? Because of life and excuses. And without desire, you'll never win souls. I just, I had lost something along the way. And the problem was nobody knew it. You know, because we all put on this persona for one another. Well, I'm in a smaller church and I'm praise singing and I'm playing an instrument sometimes. And I'm helping to to lead in the service. And I'm teaching Sunday school. I'm a Sunday school teacher. and, And I... I am greeting at the door and, and and I for about 10 years I directed the choir. You know, I don't know any music, but I, I directed the choir cuz there was a need. Every time somebody said, "Will you?" I said, "Sure, I will." And so I was just serving and serving and serving the Lord. I never missed a service. I was always there early. I was busy for God. But I had a terrible secret. Terrible I never prayed. I mean, I'm leadership. I never prayed. Well, I mean, you know, I prayed for the food. You don't want to get food poisoning. We pray for the food. I prayed a lot of emergent prayers. Car pulls out in front of you. Oh, Jesus. I prayed when the kids were sick and had fevers. I only prayed when I really needed something. If the only time you will talk to God is when you need something, He will make sure you're needy. Because He wants to talk to you. He created Adam to walk and talk with Him in the cool of the day. You are created with something inside that is drawn to your King. He wants your time. He wants you to talk to him. It's called prayer. We make prayer a big, scary word. But it's cultivating a relationship with God. That's what prayer is. You can't have a relationship with someone if you don't talk to them. But I had gotten a traditional mindset of I needed an hour every day. You know, we sang that old song, sweet hour of prayer. Sweet hour of prayer. Well, you know, that was supposed, what you're supposed to do, an hour every day. And I had in my mind it had to be a certain way. I don't know how we come up with these things, but in my mind, if it wasn't a certain time, it wasn't quality, an hour, a certain way, then it wasn't prayer. How I forgot about those childhood years of just simply calling on his name. I mean, it might have been five minutes. It might have been seven. A few times it might have actually been 30 minutes. But it was quality. He showed up. But I'm in this mindset of I don't have time. Anybody ever say that? I just don't have time. I can't go to church as much as they want me to. I don't have time. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to read the Bible. I was convinced with my busy season of life, I didn't have time. You need Him in every season of life. But I was trapped in that. I don't have time. But yet I felt so guilty. You see, guilt comes from the devil. Condemnation comes from the devil. The gentle nudging to do better comes from Jesus. He's never mad at you. He's not ever going to stop loving you. He's waiting for you a lot. We think we wait on him. Oh, he waits on us a lot. But that guilt comes from the enemy. But if we're not careful, we are the very ones that give the enemy the ammunition To bring condemnation. He watches. third of the angels were kicked out of heaven. They're not sitting around frying hamburgers waiting on hell. They're busy. They're assigned to you and I. If you're truth believing, perhaps going to be a soul winner, then their eyes are on you. And the more you get like Jesus and the more souls you win, the more opposition comes because the devil hates that. But he doesn't mind too much if you're just status quo. You don't ever pray. You don't fast. You don't read your Bible much. You just come to church and sit. He's not too worried about you. I want the devil to be worried about me. When I get out of bed in the morning, I want him to say, oh, she's up. (laughs) Well, we had a revival And that was back in the day, and I can say back in the day because I'm 62 now. (laughs) I earned the right. Back in the day, we'd have 12-week revivals. We'd come every night. We didn't take Saturday night off, Monday night off. We'd go to church every night. We had revivals, and the preacher, the poor preacher, we'd preach him to death. He'd stay night after night and preach his insides out. Many times it took two weeks just to break the saints down and get them where they need to be. Then people start getting the Holy Ghost. That was revival. We just worked it. And I can remember going to school and the teacher, you know, pulling me up by my pigtail and me drooling on my book and her saying, You're in revival, huh? Because I, I was sleeping. I said, Mm hmm. It was just part of life. But wonderful things happen. And one thing that would always happen was conviction came. In the middle of that revival, you'd start really seeing the need. It was like a spotlight shining on your life. And you started realizing where you're lacking. Listen, you won't be helped today if you can't see a need. If you don't want to grow, if you don't want a relationship with the Lord, nobody can force that on you. Something has to come on you in this first session where you shake yourself and say, I don't want to stay the same. I want to walk in purpose. I want to win souls. I want to grow in the Lord. I don't know how, but I'm going to live a life of prayer and fasting and travail, and I'm going to work for God. Something has to come on you today a determination. Thank God, and I look back to those years and I thank God that that never left me. There was something always churning on the inside of me saying, I don't want to just go to church. I want to see miracles and signs and wonders. I want to see people filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to see them go down in the name of Jesus. A hunger. If that hunger's not there, your number one task today is to ask God to give you a hunger. Plead with Him to give you a hunger. That hunger was there. I thank God for it. So, you know, I'd come up home from every revival and I would be inspired, Sister Meyer. I got to do something for God and I got to do this better. And I had little children watching my life and and I've got to have a prayer life. But I mean, I really, I had that secret. I did not pray. It wasn't that I didn't try. I'm home from revival and I'd make up my mind. It's happening now. This old girl's going to change. I can remember like yesterday. We lived in Memphis, Tennessee in a little house on Douglas. There was a formal living room when you walked in the front door. There was a nice big recreation room in the back, family room. And nobody hung out in this little room up here. There was a, a piano there and, and very formal Queen Anne chairs. And it was a dainty little room like you would have tea in. You greeted guests. I loved my little tea room. And I would, after the kids went to bed and the lunches were packed and clothes are laid out for Monday and it's the end of revival, it's Sunday night. And I would think this is where it begins right now. old girl, something's going to happen. You're going to change. You're going to develop a prayer life. You are going to learn to fast and pray. I started talking to my old flesh. Well, what I did was I, I'd get that Queen Anne chair and I would sit it just right with a little cute table beside it because that's going to be the prayer chair. I'm going to pray right there, an hour every night, starting at 11 o'clock. After everybody's in bed and everything's done, I'm going right there, and I'm going to be there one hour. So I would prepare it. I would change the bulb in the, in the lamp. Because, you know, you have to have just the right lighting when you pray. You don't want real bright lights. The devil see you too good. And you, you don't want dark, a dark room because the devil will get you for sure. So so I'd change the bulb. And and then I would have a box of tissues because I'm going to cry a lot. And, And then I would have a Bible that I would bring specifically to that little table. That Bible is never to leave there. That's called the devotional Bible. Because see how this thing works. Once you you pray as long as you can. Then you got that Bible there. You can pick that up and start reading it and fill in the rest of the hour. And that's called devotions. And you'll still get a star on God's chart. I had it all set up. I was so excited. Then the last thing I'd do, I would get some paper and a pen. And I would write out a long list of things for God to do. God's to-do list. Because he doesn't know what he needs to do. We have to tell him. So I would feel so good. It was all set up. It was beautiful. That's my prayer chair. I'm going to be here an hour, and I would I would sometimes take a little pra- practice run because you had to kneel and make sure that wherever you knelt, you could see a clock that was strategically placed across the room. Because you got to be there an hour. You don't want to see God God to see you looking at it, but you you are going to peek at it occasionally. And then I would look at my nice setup, and I would think, now, I got that all set up for tomorrow night. Because we already prayed at to church tonight all that time. I don't, I don't need to start it tonight. See, that's the trouble with human nature. The diet doesn't start till Monday. And then if it's past the 15th, that's, that's towards the end of the month now. You do, might, might as well to wait till February 1st. That's human nature. Some of you are are cracking up and some of you are not cracking as well. You look deadpan like you don't understand. You do understand. We know you understand. That may not be your hang up, but you got some. You've got some. And there has to come something on you today that says, yeah, I got some. You're, you're talking right up my alley, sister. I've got to do this, and i got to get it right. And I'm not sure how I'm going to do it. And at the end of the day today, I need God to do something in my spirit supernaturally that will change me from the inside out because I can't do it in my flesh. So Monday night came. I was so excited about my prayer chair setup because now I'm going to conquer this dark little secret that nobody knows I have. They asked me at church to pray for them, and I said, "Oh yes, I'll pray for you." I would look right people right in the eye and lie to them because I never prayed. I, I only prayed emergent prayers and prayed for the food and prayed for you when to sleep at night. I prayed prayers of repentance a lot. I mostly just pray at church. You know, some people only pray at church. They never pray at home. So Monday night comes. 11 o'clock. I'm worn out. I've had 29 kindergartners all day. I have young children. I fed them and cleaned up their messes. And they got their baths. And I packed their lunches and laid out their clothes and did two loads of laundry and, and vacuumed the floor. And it's 11 o'clock. I go to the prayer chair, and I kneel down with my list of things for God to do. And I start in with my newfound prayer life. Oh, God, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Oh, God. Oh, God. Touch the pastor and his wife and family, Lord. The the ministry of our church. Bless the choir, Lord. Bless the Sunday school. Oh, God. Bless the Sunday school teachers. Those are sick in body. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're getting annoyed. You want me to stop. So did God. <laughs> I am calling off a list. And I am putting so many <laughs> hallelujahs <laughs> in there. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to force this thing called prayer. I got to be here an hour. I have got to be here an hour. I am trying to force it. Some of you have been there. I can see luck on your face. And I, I'm just, I'm working at it. And I have been there so long, and I'm so worn out, and I've used 12 tissues, and I've said hallelujah a billion times, and my list is all done, and I'm, I'm running out of words to say, and I don't know what else to pray, and I've, I'm surely, I've been here at least an hour, and so I strategically glance. It's been three minutes. <laughs> Anybody ever been there? Said Amen. And I'm like, you gotta be getting me. And the problem is, I didn't feel anything. He didn't come in. I was doing lip service. And I didn't know how to get beyond that. I wanna help somebody today. Because I kept trying and trying. And failing and failing. Until, I am telling you, I was working so hard for God trying to make up the difference. Some people don't even do that. But I mean, I was doing everything I could possibly juggle. Because when I got up from that chair after seven minutes and reading the Word at two minutes, there would be a demon waiting for me. Oh, yeah. Standing right behind that chair. Don't you think he saw when Billy Cole laid his hand on a little chubby, freckle-faced nine-year-old? Don't you think the devil has seen and sent the enemy of your soul because you have a purpose? A calling? Something great to do for God that only you can do? Oh, yeah. Don't ever let her go back to praying like she did when she was a little kid or were in trouble. Don't ever let her get a real burden for the lost. Oh, he'd be standing behind the chair. And this is what I would hear. Well, look at all you're doing at that church. Why? You're directing the choir and driving a bus, typing the bulletin, teaching Sunday school. You're cleaning the church once a month. You're busy with the ladies. You're doing all this stuff at church. Plus you're teaching school and you've got young children. And you know what? Those people in that church ought to be praying for you. They ought to keep you covered with prayer. Some people be prayers and some people can be the workers. You're a worker. I think, Yeah. a worker let those retired people pray they they got all day long they ought to be praying for me because I'm a worker yeah I mean the devil would walk me to bed and tuck me in and I lay down in that bed and the covers under my chin exhausted and that nagging on the inside over and over again that said, but there's more. There's more. I remember crying out as a teenager, Lord, whatever it costs me, I want it all. I want to see dead raised. I want to see blind eyes see. I want deaf ears open. I want to see the masses filled with the Holy Ghost. Whatever that looks like, whatever it costs me, I want it all. There was such a hunger in me. And then life happened. This is to shake you out of your stupor today before you fill up with knowledge, anointed knowledge that's going to empower you when you leave here. Because I knew what I needed to do. And I just kept doing the same things over and over and getting what I'd always gotten. I knew the answer. But I felt the demands of tradition. Bible reading became something you checked off the list. Read your Bible in a year. Read so many chapters every day. Guess what? You can check it off by the end of the year. But are you studying to show yourself approved? A workman? Rightly dividing the word of truth? A workman that needeth not be ashamed? I was ashamed because I wasn't studying the word. I had no desire to study it. Listen, if you have no desire for the word of God, you're in a bad place. You need to ask God today. Young people... Elderly people, all people, ask God today, give me a burning desire for your word today. Give me a desire to pray, to win the loss. Today, God, not another day, but today, before I leave this building. But I just kept doing the same things over and over until. Until... I was sitting in a meeting like this one. I'd come in from school. Revival was starting again. And I sat in the back because I'm tired. I'd never sat in the back. I always was up front. My kids went straight to the front row. And, but I sat down in the back. And I guess I just realized that this same pattern wasn't going to get it over and over and over. And I didn't want to just hide it and go on status quo. So I had decided that I was backslidden. Well, if you're not going forward, which way are you going? We want to make backsliding some big spooky thing that happens all of a sudden and we see bad pictures on Facebook and that's how we know. Oh, no. Backsliding happens on the pew. It takes a long time for somebody to backslide. It's slow. It's little by little. I'm sitting on the back row, the music starts, and people are singing, and I don't get up. I put my head on the pew in front of me. And I said, God, I guess tonight I came to just tell you I'm done. Because if I can't have it all, I don't want any of it. And I guess I just came to apologize to you, because I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to be what you need me to be. And I'm as backslidden as I can be and nobody even knows it. Because you know what? If you don't pray, you won't go to heaven. So well, I got the Holy Ghost, if you don't pray, you won't go to heaven. You've got to have a relationship with the Lord. And I knew that. That's why I knew I am backslidden. And something happened when I started just talking like that to the Lord. I was transported backwards in time to a little nine-year-old chubby, freckle-faced girl that would say, God, I don't want to be a naughty girl. I want to be a good girl. And I'm so sorry. Will you clean out my dirty old heart? Would you forgive me? And Jesus, I just want to walk with you, and I want to love you all my life, and I want to serve you. And Jesus, I want to be a missionary. I want to go to foreign countries, and I want to pray for people, and I want them to get the Holy Ghost. I was transported. When I decided to become real. You want a relationship with the Lord? Then make him your best friend. Start being real. Start out right where you're living. Lord, I'm a mess. I've got this sin and that thing going on and this addiction and God I'm a mess but I know you're able to deliver me and I'm coming to you and asking you today to start me off right where I need to be with deliverance and healing of my broken heart and cleansing of my dirty heart. Lord I'm undone. I've got to have you. I'm talking about some real prayer. That's how you build relationship. And sitting on that back row, and this is where I'm going to close my session this morning. The Lord will find you the moment, the moment you make up your mind to be real. The moment you start talking to him like a little child. You make him king of kings and lord of lords of your life. And you come to him undone. In that moment, he'll meet you. I mean, church is going on, folks. Folks. And the preacher had the pulpit. And now I'm talking in tongues. I'm not loud. I got my head down. Nobody can even hear me. But I am talking in tongues. Because the Bible says the Spirit will make intercession for you. You can travail for yourself. I was saying all the things that needed to be said. I am prevailing for myself. And all of a sudden I hear the preacher say, Church, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want you to, to just begin to pray softly at your seats. Because the preacher was following the leading of the Spirit. And he left that platform and walked that aisle. And I'm, I got my head down like this. And when I glanced up, I, his eyes locked with mine. I knew he was coming for me. And I stood up. And I really believe in this moment is when it all broke. When all the pride, all the tradition, everything in me broke. Because out of my insides came. I couldn't have stopped it if I wanted to. Out of my spirit came. I want a double portion. And something broke. I'm telling you today, if by the end of these sessions and that last service, when we have our altar call, if you will get yourself positioned in a place that you're not convincing yourself you're okay, that you have some goals, that a hunger is built in you, today will be the day that you'll run to this altar and out of your guts will come those words, Jesus, I want a double portion. I felt that go into the atmosphere just now. There is such rich, deep anointing here today. It's going to follow you to every class you choose. And God is going to talk to you all morning long. It's not going to lift. And then you're going to have opportunity. I'm going to give you the rest of the story. And we're going to have an altar call at the end. Don't go home today. Don't you check out and go home. Or you're going to miss what God has for you. Because in this last hour, I am looking at people that are going to win hundreds of souls. You are. It is not based on your productivity. It's based on your willingness. Your availability. Make yourself available today. Now stand, if you will. Lift your hands as Pastor Meyer comes, and I want you to talk to the Lord. Don't just go back in a routine of prayer, but talk to him from your heart for a moment. Prepare your heart right now. Cleanse my heart, Lord. If there's anything in my heart, if something pops in your head, talk to him about it right now. Lord, I want my heart prepared for what you're going to give me next. In the name of Jesus, come on, I don't hear your voices. Talk to him out loud. Jesus, here I am. I've got to have you today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord. Come on, let's take a little bit longer. Lord, I pray this word would settle into our heart. Lord, within each of us would be a desire, Lord, to have more of you, Lord Jesus. This is not about performance, God. This is not about a religion, ritualistic prayer, Lord. This is about relationship. Help us to go to that place of prayer, God, that place of relationship, Jesus. Would you help us today, God? Help us today, Jesus. Help us today, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Could you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Thank you, Sister Vernon, for that that first word. What what an incredible word to launch us into this first breakout session. Uh, We're going to start our first breakout session at 1110.